0: We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club
1: and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental.
0: For today's podcast session, we got to sit with Maddie Grace again for part two. So you guys just heard her um, last podcast was the most recent one we released. And in this one, we had to bring her back for a part two to do a really delicious, yummy, deep dive into the medicine of self-love.
1: This was such a beautiful soul nourishing conversation. We talked about self-love. We talked about how to cultivate self-love specific tools. We talked about how society can sometimes try to rip us apart from our truth and what we can do to get back to that and how honestly we all know what our truths are and the journey this entire human journey is just coming back to them getting still enough getting silent enough. And just coming back to our truth, allowing that to be our guiding compass. So that was a, a big portion of what we spoke about in this conversation and something that Mighty said that just was a whole bar, y'all. Make love your sacred chant and just feel that in the cells of your being real quick. And we'll dive into it deeper in this conversation. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. And tune in. Before we jump into the episode, we wanna highlight our sponsor, Conscious Conversion, recently known as Resonate with Sarah. Conscious Conversion is a holistic multimedia marketing agency for thought leaders of the new paradigm. We love them because their main mode of operating, which also filters out the clients they bring on, is making sure that the message is in alignment with your mission in the world and that your mission in this world is in alignment with where the plan is heading right now, that your mission is here to help awaken the planet and move evolution forward forward. Whatever your offering is, they use Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram ads to cut through the clutter of the internet and amplify your message on a massive scale. They also offer organic social media, copywriting, and so much more. We'll link their website in the show notes if you guys are interested in more information. We highly suggest you check them out if your ears perk up when you hear this. And now back to our episode. It is August 9th, 2021. We're opening up the space, calling in our higher selves, calling in all of the energies that walk with us on this journey, calling in our ancestors, our angels, our spirit guides, calling in the universe, opening up ourselves fully, bringing every part of ourselves to this conversation, opening up our hearts, Showing up fully, opening up to whatever messages want to come through for the highest healing of ourselves, everyone we come in contact with, everyone they come in contact with, and for the highest healing of the planet. And as we bring forth the energy of love, the portal is now open.
0: Mari. Mari.
2: Welcome back. (laughs) Part two. Mm, Thank you for that. That was amazing. Mm. I was like so ready for that. I, I needed that little moment to just like tune in, tune in and mm. ground back in. I love yeah. it. Thank you for having me be back. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, we had to finish up our conversation. We got to get all into the nitty gritty of human design. Um, but just from following your teachings and, and looking at the kind of wisdom that you put out there through the social media spheres i was just like we have to talk to her about the medicine of self love
2: mm-hmm. it
0: just does not feel complete without that
2: absolutely cuz you know at the end of the day the reason that i use human design is to help people love themselves <laughs> it's a great avenue to really like get to know who you are and really know have that self awareness know what you're all about and just appreciate yourself to the to the in the most unshakable, unfuckable way. Like I love me, I'm amazing. Like no one else is is here to validate me. Like I validate me, and that is enough, and that's all that that I need.
0: And you know, it's wild. It's like in the mental health conversation with Western psychology, so much they try to um, just have that reductionist model. Um, to mental health and wellness saying like, oh, it's your neurotransmitters, your chemicals. Da, 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 da. But I, in my experience, through my work and through my own personal life, like the hardest mental health moments have always been equated to how much self-love is present. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. that, I think that affects how our brain is firing and the choices that we make and and vice versa. But it's right there in the core of it.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of, it's one of the missing pieces is that, you know, we, we tend to not, we tend to think that we're supposed to be adjusted to society and we're supposed to like fit within the boxes and that, and if we don't, then, that's usually what's the cause of a lot of our mental health issues. We like feel the anxiety, or we're depressed, or you know, we we feel we've been sold sold this whole idea that we we have to find like our our purpose in life, and that's it. And if we don't, then we're a loser, and that's what causes a lot of people's problems with their with themselves. But if we just kind of take a step back, get rid of all the layers of conditioning and all the bullshit programming that we're fed, literally from from the time that we're born all that's left is love, the most powerful healing energy in the universe. And it's there all the time. You can access it all the time. There is no gate. There is no magic word. There's no one in the way. There's no one handing it to you on a silver platter. You just have to go and access it for yourself. And it's, it can be that easy.
0: What got you into doing that work?
2: Hmm. Yeah,
0: let's dive down the muddy journey. <laughs> the <mighty> journey.
2: <laughs> oh, my journey! I'm like, how far back do you want to go? <laughs> I, well, <laughs> I I'm trying to think where should where should I really start with this? I think okay. you know the the if I were to really you know start from from a place where people can have the full context, it's that I was raised in the Uh, Catholic church. And I, you know, one of my earliest kind of spiritual experiences was in church, but it wasn't related to anything that happened like because of like what was going up in the church. It was actually before church began. Uh, I was six years old and um, before church, everyone kind of like kneels at the pew and, um, my mom would kneel at the pew. And so what else do kids do but, like, copy their parents? But, like, I wasn't tall enough to actually rest my arms on the top of the pew in front of me. So I ended up placing my hands kind of, like, on it. And then I rested um, my eyes on my hands and kind of just, like, spaced out. Like, it's kind of reminding me of, like, what you were talking about last time between you and Paula growing up, Valentina, where – hollow would just be like where are you like are you in another dimension well like I literally that's what happened to me I like just went on this journey and I saw just like the most intense beautiful patterns and just I really just felt like this pure love and it was like so divine and I and I then like you know 10 minutes later church began and it's like snap out of it you know Mahdi and like I was like I just immediately right then and there was like, wait, the, what I just experienced is not like this religion. And so that was kind of like the like a really big catalyst for me in just, you know, when you're six years old to like really realize that you have different beliefs from your parents is a really scary thing to go through. Um, and it began that early. To that is per- wild. <laughs> her thought process for a six-year-old I know and I was like getting thrown out of Sunday school because I was like questioning things and I was like you know other people's other children's parents were not letting them hang out with me because I was questioning the narrative and I was like but I was like but but I don't like the thing that you are all saying that you feel I felt it but it had nothing to do with with the dogma and the you know it just like didn't make any sense to me and I and then I you know that became like a practice. It was almost like an obsession, um, just to really like dial into this divine frequency and to see these beautiful rainbow patterns. And there's a, there's a little bit more that goes into it. Um, I'm, I'm a tetrachromat, so I have extra rods and cones in my eyes. So I do see more colors. So it's like, that's also probably part of it. <laughs> so it's like, Wait, what? Yeah, do you see more colors than we see? what colors are existing that we don't see (laughs) i you know it's kind of hard to describe i would just describe it as like i see a rainbow in every single color um Mm. i don't know it's it's weird it's a it's a it's an odd thing and it's actually a funny thing that um a lot of artists are tetrachromats so of course i grew up i was gonna say
0: actually like um the the practice of art trains your eye to do that i don't know if i wonder if it's like I mean, I get for you as an inborn capacity, but I know that for me as an artist, the longer I've been on this journey, like at some point I just started being able to, like, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that's what we do, Mm -hmm. which is, it it teaches the practice of art teaches you to see all the different, like you don't just see green, you see all the...
2: Totally. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm am i I'm a young kid and I just, I, uh, you know, it really upset my mom, basically, and it really put a put a strain on our relationship that that I was kind of defiant, um, especially regarding religion. Uh, I was making her, you know, look bad to all of her friends and things like that. And um, we butted heads literally my entire life about church, because she continually forced me to go. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> so that was fun. But and it's just, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole lot that kind of goes into it. It's like, I, like, I always just kind of wanted that, like, mother daughter relationship that you see in the movies. And I just never had that. And sometimes I'm, you know, I, I even am afraid of talking about it here on your because I'm like, what if my mom were to listen to this? Like, I love her so much, but there was just, you know, there was just like a disconnect. And I think it really was just, um, You know, I think I'm like, we're all cosmic, but like, I'm really fucking cosmic. (laughs) And I just, even she knew, she's like, you were the weirdest baby. Like, it was awkward to be alone with you. I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks, mom. Like, (laughs) And, and, you know, like, I like, who knows what was going on. But, you know, basically, we're, when we're children, we are um, subject to whatever our parents believe is right for us. And, um, you know, my mom bless her how you know just like we all deal with conditioning and programming she had her own conditioning and programming that she struggled with and and one of the main things was her weight and she was anorexic my whole life she was anorexic you know as a uh, when she was young as well and she really has like this almost like anorexic goggles on and um so it was like, there was this other narrative constantly going on my entire life. Like, like you're fat, like you, you need to lose weight. Like I was always on a diet. She was always restricting my food. She was always telling me like my thighs were disproportionate to the rest of my body. She told the whole family, Mary's thighs, her thighs, she's got the genetics, the, the bad thighs, the thighs. And I'm like, I'm, I mean, you know, it was just like this, it was her obsession. She was literally obsessed. Um, to the point where she put, I had liposuction when I was 15 and it wasn't for me. It, what you understand, it wasn't for me. It was her image that was so important to her. Like she couldn't, she needed me to have the thigh gap that was in the magazines and I was fucking 15, you guys like, and it was Mm. so traumatic. Like I had another spiritual experience coming out of that, that was just wild and it was just and it it was just like another reinforcement like okay I have different beliefs from my parents like and that's scary because I'm young and I they I am you know I have to live with them I have to be I'm, I'm at their whim you know and that's a lot to deal with um but the but the whole like the the liposuction thing really shook me up and woke me up um because it was like I I just realized, like, she's wrong, like, she's really, really wrong. And it's like, okay, I had the hints there about religion and all that kind of stuff that like, okay, maybe we had some different beliefs. But then that was the first time where I was really like, oh, like, I accept myself. And I already did accept myself, but like, she didn't accept me and she needed to like, edit me. And it was just a, you know, it's like one of those things. It's like, the, it's fucking weird. Like, like what? Like, I still just think like that happened. Like it's, it's just insane. But it led me on this really wild, beautiful journey of really at a young age being like, like, I love my body. Like, and, and from you could, and it, it could have, the pendulum could have swung in the complete opposite direction, right? Like I could have grown up to be anorexic. I could have had an eating disorder. I could have been obsessed with my body image and my weight, but that's not what happened. I just, my soul was just like, no, 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 no. Like, this is what's up. Like, accept your body, accept who you are. Like, you're amazing. You're beautiful. And that's really what came out of that entire situation was I just realized like, Whoa! Like I don't need to do things for her to accept me, and if if I don't have to do things for her to accept me, I don't need to do things for anyone else to accept me either. Because like I just that was it. Like a lot, it all lo- got lost right there. Just my ability to care what anyone else think, what thinks, and that that's that's basically where this all started. Um, was that I just really became like just, I don't know, like I, I am self-love and, and anybody who's known me since the early age, like this is who I am. And they know this about me, like I radiate it and it's, and it's because of a traumatic event. And that's, you know, we can turn our, our traumas into treasures. If we, if we, if we, if we have the proper tools to do it and self-love just happens to be one of those powerful tools.
0: How are you able to get the pendulum to swing in that direction. Cause that's hard. My that's, mind is just blown that you yeah. didn't
1: carry her, her belief system that you didn't carry that parts of it didn't even get into your subconscious. You know, this is where I'm like, yeah, you are fucking cosmic because you had some guides <laughs> talking to you, whispering in your ear because I just can't even imagine.
2: Yeah. I mean, I really just had this basically what happened. And this is, you know, I don't, it was this actually like, uh, divine guidance or something, you know, probably, but it, I, I was coming off of the anesthesia and I, I, um, I left my body and mm. uh, it was like the second time that I'd left my body. So it was like slightly familiar, um, sensation. And I basically traveled to like, they were, um, like I was, I traveled to where the cells, like the, tissues that they had removed from me was in the garbage and I literally just broke down crying like and I was just like I was saying to my mom like don't throw me away don't throw please don't throw me away like why am I in the trash like I thought like I I literally like in that moment was like not in my body and I was like in a trash can and like and it's like it's like it's it's an it's it's wild like even just to travel back in my memories since that moment but it was like I it just shook me so hard that that is what made the pendulum swing because I was like this is incorrect like wrong my soul was just like nope like whatever she believes in I'm going in the opposite direction and we a lot of us do that with our parents and and our parents have done that with their parents like they swing you know but we do we really need to swing in the opposite direction every single generation? Probably not, or at least, you know, hopefully not. And, and I'm, what I'm hoping to do, you know, with my healing is to just be like, okay, no, this, there is no more pendulum. Like it's done. Like we're getting rid of it. We're just staying in this, um, this our embodied in self acceptance and knowing that like, Love is the thing that's available to you at all times. doesn't come from anybody else. It's here now. Have it. Access it. Be it.
1: So how did you start cultivating the tools for self-love? If it's something that you you were kind of always swimming in the water of self-love, like how were you able to have that outsider perspective to fill in the gaps for those who don't have that self-love?
2: That's a great question. I feel I need to ponder a little bit. Um, so how did I get the tools? I, I mean, really, I would feel, I, I would feel confident saying that one of the main tools was getting to know who I am and, and really having an understanding of my core values as an individual, you know, as a human being, a spiritual being walking on the earth. I, I, it's like, did, was it always crystal clear even at a young age? No, it's because it's ever forming, but it's just. Um, I think that I what, once I kind of knew what my values were not, I was able to like understand what they actually were, if that makes sense, and. And that's a, that's a thing that you have to sit down and you have to think about it. And when we're going about our lives and we're living on autopilot all the time and we're not in fully in the present moment and we're not sitting down to, you know, do the journal prompts or really um, evaluate what our values are, how are you going to know? So you actually have to, like, do it. You have to show up for yourself and be like, what is what does this mean for me? What what's, you know? what are, what is, what am I all about? And really like be in devotion to learning about yourself and learning who you are and appreciating who you are.
0: When you, when you talk about getting to know yourself, what does that mean for you and, (laughs) and for the clients that you work with or that you lead through these processes, I guess?
2: Uh Uh-huh. Well, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I mean, I feel like one of the most simple gateways that, that we have, that we are all exposed to kind of growing up is astrology. Like we know our Zodiac sign and we know like these little things and like some of it resonates and some of, some of it doesn't. And so even just that designation right there is really powerful to be like, okay, so I'm, you know, I'm a Pisces and, um, I'm like supposed to be really mystical, but I'm also like unreliable and like whiny and cry all the time. Like I, like I would read that as a Pisces myself and I was like, I'm not whiny and and crying all the time. Like, that's not true. But the mystical part, the like daydreamer part, the creative part, that part I resonated with. And so that I would say was probably my biggest gateway. And then just learning a little bit more about my personal astrology um, really helped me um, understand and kind of get a grip on. Okay, like this is how my mind works. This is how I love. Like, there's really um, there are some tangible, practical things that you can glean from looking into your natal chart. Um, and I, for me, that was definitely the first thing that I really looked into in terms of like um, getting to know myself and getting to know who I am. Um, but before that, it was mostly just figuring out what. I am what I wasn't. And so I was really only able to do that based on kind of like comparison, but in a healthy way, not like, Oh, like I should be like this, but it was more like, "Mm, not for me. So the, even doing those little things is important. It's really important. And, and, you know, I know this isn't a fully blown human design conversation that we're having today, but when you look at from the lens of human design, there are, um, you know we're all subject to conditioning and we can we can really like um if you start to know where you are influenced the most like for some women it is body image and weight type things and so if you know that about yourself you can like tune in you can start to notice the patterns um and for you know for other people it's going to be something else um it might be like um yeah i'm blanking on on like specifics right now but but if you can, basically if you can learn to kind of recognize patterns within yourself that's how you can really really step into self knowledge is you're like oh i am in a pattern again like this is so me this is a thing that i continuously do over and over again do i want to keep doing it or maybe next time choose something else
1: you know something that i realize is a lot of people and I'm going to say women and it's probably maybe women and men but just from what I've seen women form bonds based off of self-hate so by being like self-deprecating by being like oh I'm so stupid I'm so dumb laughing together on like just almost like putting themselves down there's not I don't see a lot of a communication happening between women where it's like blowing each other up in a way of like like gossip, for example. You're not going to gossip if you feel 100% amazing about yourself. Totally. Or 99, 98%, you know? Things like that, where it's like people bond over words and energies that are lower frequencies, lower than
2: than the self-love. And... I'm just so glad that you brought this up because, like I mentioned, I really... Was like, why don't I have the mother-daughter relationship from the movies? Um, and a pattern that I recognized very early on was like, oh, my mom only bonds with me and only really has um, uh, time to converse with me when it's gossip, and that was it. And I and I, I noticed that so early on, and like to be honest, sometimes it's it's easy to still fall into again. Or I would even think like like, I want to connect with my mom. And so I would think of gossip, I would think of something to tell her that was related to like gossip or another person. And so it's like, I'm just, yeah, I'm just glad you brought that up. Because it's so um, it's so unconscious, like we fall into it. And that's what I mean by like, noticing all the little patterns, like, what is your pattern? Um, And in fact, I actually call it an easy tangle. It's more than just a pattern. It's like, what's your easy tangle? It's like your fucking shit is all tangled up or your hair is all tangled up or your, <laughs> you, we all know that these little headphones get super tangled up. So like, what is it? But you just like, you leave it tangled and you just continue living your life. Like, what is your easy tangle? And so that's an easy way to like, get to know yourself. Like, what's my pattern here? Like, is my car a fucking wreck? Like, or like my, you know, just like all these different little things like, what are you just dealing with because it's normal for you and for me it was gossiping with my mom to connect with her to bond with her um like what are you
1: questioning exactly
2: yeah like what what is just like when you're sitting and you're um basically like if you're um you're in your default mode like what is your what's your like are you sitting like nicely like you know, with your hands together, like, huh, like in the present moment, or has your body coiled into like a, where your fingers are interlaced, and like you're getting a crick in your neck and your arms are crossed or whatever, like, that's what I mean, like by your easy tangle, like what is just normal for you that you accept that's like, that's a fucking tangle that if you just brought a little bit more presence and awareness, it could, it could actually be like a uh you could turn it into a more elevating um activity or more elevating um what's the word like
0: uh
2: mm. way to be in the present moment an experience
0: yeah
1: it's definitely a challenge at least it was for me growing up finding groups of people where I felt comfortable with what we bonded on was like playfulness and joy. Because once I got to a certain age, and I think it was like even elementary school, I started seeing, I, like you, was also very aware from a really young age. Like when I heard people in my family gossip or friends gossip, it would break my heart. I could not understand why in the world are we speaking about a human who is not here and in a bad way at that, Mm -hmm. you know? And I remember being in like friendship groups where they would scroll through Instagram when that came up. And it was like, I'm not like, she's not prettier than me. Right. Da, 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 da. Like questions like that. And I just remember sitting there, like I could not feel more disconnected if I tried I, and it, it actually, that's
2: the same. Re, that's just, that's the same realization I had. I was like, I'm gossiping to connect with my mom, but like, I just doesn't feel good. Like at all. So I'm sorry I interrupted you. Keep going.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I was just going to say like that, I would say makes it really hard. At least for me, it made it really hard to bond with people for a really long time until I started having, pe- started finding friends who were, who had done more work on themselves. People who were more self-aware, people who were aware that the energy, the words that they put out were like energetic frequencies that actually infiltrated your body and made up your reality. And it's like, not a lot of people see that, but And then also at now where I am at in my journey, I'm okay with not everyone seeing that I can, you know, maneuver correctly, but for a really long time, it just made me feel like, you know, I never felt like I didn't belong on this planet. I know a lot of people say that I always felt like I belonged here, but, but I just, thought that I was just supposed to like be alone for a while (laughs) like I I felt it was a very lonely existence elementary middle school high school college
2: same I graduated early I was like get me out of (laughs) here can't do it yeah it's We and 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 people just accept it, and so that's what I mean by the easy tangle. It's like we grow up with the the gossip, the you know, comparing ourselves to others, like in a in a really disempowering way, and we just stick with it. We that's how that's it. Like you're programmed, and that's your program that you run for the rest of your life. But uh, those of us that are doing the work, we're like no 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 let's get rid of that program. I'm going to install a new more awakened program. And when it's time for another new program an upgrade to my operating system, I'm going to do it. I'm not my, my ego may fight me. My ego may be like, no, stay the same, stay comfortable, but I'm going to do it anyways, because I know that that's what's best for me. I don't want to stay in the easy tangle. I want to untangle because the tangle happens. You untangle and then you get tangled up again, and then you untangle. It's just – it's a process, and we have to be okay with that, and you're never done, ever. But the people that think that they're done are wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, the the physical appearance, self-love thing, do you, do you run into that being, like, one of the main obstacles with the clients that you work with? Or is there a you know, few that come up?
2: There, there's definitely um, – there's definitely a little bit of that in there that we do work through. I would say that probably the number one thing that I deal with is just negative self-talk um, that I help women really reprogram the way that their internal dialogue um, is going, or more just to really question the internal dialogue a little bit more, um, and also just to say things out loud. Like I know last in the last podcast, we talked about the throat and the vocal activation and and valentina you just so exquisitely dem- like articulated how you know our throat is a vocal frequency that's literally permeating our bodies and other people's bodies and manifesting things in our reality and so when you take something from your mind like a like a thought that you're ruminating about that's just circling and circling and circling and circling like maybe something that you feel ashamed of or guilty of and you actually finally just say it out loud it's literally like a purge. It's like you've puked when you really are sick and you need to puke and you get it out and that's it. And usually that, that's that's what you needed. You just needed to, to say it. You needed to like get it out of your mind and just like get it out. And that's like what's so beautiful about like just working with you know with a with a coach or a mentor somebody like me is that you really have like this sounding board where like I was just actually working with a client earlier today and I was like okay like you're having these thoughts like talk to me about it tell me what's going on like don't just tell me that it's happening like actually like let's work through it let's move the energy and we were you know talking for almost two hours and I was just like And when we were done, she was like, Oh, my God, like, she was like, I feel like a new person. And like, I need to go take a nap. And I was like, go take a nap. (laughs) Like, because it's a lot of work to move energy like that within yourself and to untangle truly it's. And that's the thing that I feel like, you know, people, they approach it, and they, they want to do it. And then the ego is really crafty, it gets really loud. And it tells you like, you know, like, what are you doing? Or what do you think you're doing? Like, who are you to like, do this healing? Or like, you're not important, or like, you know, stay the same, or or it goes back into the internal dialogue. But the moment you just vocalize it, and you have someone pull it out of you, and extract it, that's when you realize, like, oh, like, and you hear it you that's an important part of it that i forgot to mention when you speak it out like you when you hear it in your mind you're not hearing it but when you speak it out loud and you actually hear it you're like oh this is ridiculous like i don't believe this and i think that that's an important part um to the healing at least when it comes to like internal dialogue and and negative self-talk and really healing that through um practice self-love practices but Um, for the most part, um, when I have a woman that's really dealing with body image issues, we do this thing called mirror work, um, which I did not, it's not my creation. Um, it's actually, um, at least the way that I've studied it, it comes from Louise Hay, who I'm sure everyone's heard of. She's just an amazing, um, goddess who's written some really incredible books. Um, one of them is literally called mirror work. Um, and also you can heal your life. They're really beautiful, amazing books that, um, I've just read over and over and over again, but mirror work is just this really powerful practice of gazing into your own eyes in the mirror, um, you know, whispering sweet nothings to yourself, like, I love you, you're amazing, you're the best. Um, and it starts as like a kind of a small practice, like about a minute a day, and then you kind of work your way up. Um, and then I usually, we we graduate to the full body, naked, in the mirror, like dance party, like all of it. Like, so we, you know, it's a gradual, um, you know, work up to that point. But once you get to that point, it's just, it becomes a practice. And it's not like oh, I did the mirror work and now I'm healed forever. It's like, no, now now mirror work is a part of your practice. Like I tell people all the time, like anytime I walked by a mirror, I smile at myself and I like say something funny or I'm like, hey, Mary, like it's just like just try it and you'll see like it's it's fun. It's a fun practice that really helps you connect with yourself and love yourself more.
1: I actually love this because at well at first when you started talking about it I was like I cannot imagine myself looking at myself in the mirror and like saying something and then believing it you know what I mean but I'm like actually I met this beautiful human here in LA who every time he looks into we walk by a mirror he blows a kiss at the mirror at himself yes and then I remember when I first saw that I was like oh, that's interesting. Like, oh, kind of, that's kind yeah. of cool. oh my God, I'm that. stealing that. That's amazing. And like, then I, yeah, he just, <laughs> and then I started doing it and I'm like, yes. I, I love that. It's I love so fun. that. I think that's so beautiful. It's like, I have no problem, you know, wrapping you, Maddie, and kisses, Paula and kisses like
0: everyone else. Like, let me do that to me too. Why not? It's. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, the thing about the mirror exercise where for me, it's like, I can see where it's powerful and I can see where it works, where it can work, can add like a good bit of positive energy to the situation. However, this is where like I hit a wall where I think it's like, there's a little bit of a struggle there because we live in a society where like, yes, you can do that work to accept yourself. But there's also the option of like altering yourself and that's always around the corner and like you can you can like you can just you know like do you accept yourself in your body or your appearance exactly as it is or do because there's you can always improve how you look you just can't so I think I like I'm always in a little bit of a complex about that dilemma Because, like, okay, I could accept myself just as I am, but also I can change certain things.
2: Absolutely. If I think I'm going to like it better. Absolutely. That's part of getting to know yourself is you're like, oh, I want this. I would like, you know, blonde hair. I would I want to wear, you know, this kind of uh, clothing. Or, you know, like, I, I even know a goddess who just, like, one of my friends just had a nose job. And, like, I think that's beautiful. She wanted to fix, she wanted to do, it was for her it was not for other people. You know what I mean? There's a big difference if if you're if somebody's constantly telling you like, "Oh, you need to get your nose job." Like, okay, so first of all, I here I have actually a practical example. I have a friend, total goddess, who has a big mole on her face. And to me, it's beautiful. It's like the most beautiful body mark. Like she loves it. She's feeling it, you know? Like well, but she's had people her whole life telling her get that mall removed, get it removed. Like it's so big. Da, 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 da. So like, if she were to listen to those voices and go get it removed, that's the kind of editing that's not, not ideal, not that we want to do. But if she truly wasn't feeling it and wanted and didn't want to have it anymore, and she decided to make that choice, that's her choice. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. But you know
0: where I struggle? Like I I can find so many loopholes and
2: so many different
0: <laughs> thought parts. <processes>. Try me. <laughs> this is this is my my close Ajana probably. <laughs> um that how do you different how can we really differentiate what it is that we want versus society because we're so intermingled, you know? Like for let's say somebody with the mole, you know? At some point she says, I don't feel this, but does she not feel it because she really doesn't feel it? Or did she not feel it because there's also been like that narrative of, you know, maybe clear skin looking a certain way or like, you know, just flawless airbrush situations. And that's been presented to us. Like would she or whoever come up with not liking that certain body part or that certain part of their appearance if we didn't live in the society that we live in?
2: I mean, you could say the same thing as like, if we didn't have mirrors, would you, you know what I mean? Like, would you have these, would you want to edit yourself still? Would you have these feelings about little different things that you want to change? So yeah, I mean, I, you know, I could talk all day long about societal conditioning and just how programmed we all are. And so I think that if you, if you're going to do something that serious, like like that serious of an edit to your body, of course you would really want to sit with it and make sure that, you know, it's coming from you and maybe even work with, with a therapist or a coach or psychedelics and just really travel within and be like is this really something that i want and that that's not a matter of like oh you just know it's like no we explore and and that's a, that's another thing that i really really drive home with a lot of my clients is like life is just it's like you have to learn to constantly be in dialogue with yourself and ask better questions. Be okay. You have to question yourself. Like, do I really want this? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, because you may think like, Oh, like, like, like for example, I grew up with an anorexic mother who constricted my food. And so I still deal with that programming to this day where if I see someone overeating, like there's something that just bothers me, and I have, and what happens to me in that moment is I go, "Is this me or is this my mother?" And I'm like, "Oh, it, that's her." Like, okay, I'm not gonna think about it anymore. I'm gonna let that go. Does that does that resonate? Does that make sense? It's a difficult practice, and that's the thing is that most of us are not living in the present moment, therefore noticing these kinds of things and really actually asking the questions, it doesn't happen because you have to actually be present with yourself and in order to ask them and be so that when you're present, you can actually notice the pattern. You can notice the conditioning. You can notice what's false. You can dial into the truth frequency. This is another thing I teach people all the time. They're like, how do you know? How do you know? They like think I know something spe- like I like I am a psychic or something like cuz I know things and I'm like tr- the truth is just a frequency and you, all you have to do is practice dialing into it and so when you really hone your own you know your spine your antenna into the truth frequency when you're presented with something like oh is this right for me do I want to edit myself like do it ha- keep them all remove them all like you just tap into yourself and you know and it's, it can be that simple. It can be hard to work up to that point. But once you get there, it can be that easy.
1: I love so much what you're saying right now, because I resonate with it fully. This is something that breath work actually really, really helped me with to cultivate that practi- practice of stillness, to cultivate the practice of emptiness. And then in that emptiness is where your truth lies, is where you hear your inner compass. It's where it's where love lies, your gut lies, your instinct, your inner compass. It's, and it is that truth. You start tapping into that truth. You tap into what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And then what feels good and what expands your heart, you lean in that direction. And what doesn't, then you take it as a sign that that's not your direction. And, you know, what you were saying, it reminds me of when, when I was younger and I would get, you know, I went through, a phase in my life where I gained, or I had, I weighed more than people in my life wanted me to, and there was a there's a history in our family of eating disorders left and right, and I remember I would get I would get comments all the time like how in the world are you so comfortable in a bikini with the weight that you have, or you know your body is a waste. The the body that God gave you is a waste because you're not taking care of it and being this like super skinny model. You could be this model, but look what you're doing. And and I remember hearing all these things and just being like, oh, and it would really, really get to me. But then when I would go into silence and s- something in my heart always rebelled against it, even, you know, something in my heart would always be like, that's not right. Like, that's just not mm-hmm. right. You know, like that doesn't feel like the truth. the fact that it would hurt me felt like that's against my belief system. If I agreed with them then it then it wouldn't be a problem and that would be, you know, whatever, but I'm like that's not right that you know. So that's when you start questioning when there's almost like that discord, that discomfort is that discord and that's when it's like that's not for me. That's not my journey. That's your journey.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: I'm not going to take that on. And we and- always have
2: that choice to make other people more comfortable with their standards or have our own Yeah. And that's where that,
1: again, that stillness lies. So much of my own self-love and finding the belief systems and the tribe that I wanted to belong to happen when I actually isolated myself and I silenced all of this noise to really see what is it that I believe? What are the voices that I want to pay attention to? And that's when you start tapping into that truth frequency, because you don't have people pulling at you Ex, the external world stops pulling at you, and you, you know, and I believe this fully, and I feel like you you agree with me is that like you know in your heart what the truth is always. You, you mm-hmm. know, you may not think you know because you haven't practiced. Well, you do agree because you just literally said this, but you haven't <laughs> practiced tapping into that. But when you do practice tapping into that, you're, and then the more muscle you gain in tapping into that and isolate Mm -hmm. yourself from the voices that are really just super low, low, low frequency that are tugging you away from your truth. You really start, you start knowing, you know, you're like, you know, you just start knowing. And that's when it's, I, you know, Paula touching back on what you said earlier, you'll, if there's a part of your body that you want to alter, chances are, you know, I, I see it as two ways. One, it's like the outside world telling you that you need to change. And another one, it's like, I feel, I would feel more me, if maybe this part of me was altered like with love though, I don't, it, it would, it would return back to love. But if you're doing it from a place of like, hate, 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 it's like, whose voice is that? That's not your voice. You are not Mm. made of
0: hate. But I just always wonder like if we lived in tribal communities where there were no mirrors and we were just like living our, you know, grungy, dirty human selves as we originally were for so long. Like I think so many of the things we do are conditioning even if you are like, even if we are tapping into the stillness on a regular basis, Paula, like we,
2: we are swimming in the water of condition. Come on. There is a tribe in Africa that mutilates their own, the women's faces on purpose. So that, and that is what they've been doing for centuries. And it's conditioning. It's a form of conditioning. Just because you're a part of a tribe. Listen, I have full respect of all tribes, all indigenous tribes. So much respect for anybody that lives in harmony with the earth. Truly, truly. This is not like me, you know, saying anything bad about that tribe. But the conditioning exists everywhere, even if you're in a tribe. You know what I mean? Like, do you need, you know, a plate in your... In your lip, do we need sticks in our faces? They do that in their tribes. It's an, it's also a form of conditioning. They see other people doing it, and so they do it too. Does it mean that it's you know uh, a bad tradition? No, it's it's a neutral thing uh, to them at least, and you know it doesn't in that in that sense. But it's just it just because you're we're here where we are in our in our version of human society doesn't mean that. Um, doesn't mean that we're like all of a sudden subject to like we're like even more like yes in in a sense we are but it's it's still present in other places if that makes sense and yeah does
0: yeah yeah I mean I (laughs) I know that's true I I wonder I wonder what the cavemen (laughs) were doing I want to know if the cavemen were also into these like mutilation practices for um, acceptance into the tribe I wonder when that started.
1: I think it well, goes think- back to like, what is your own truth? I'm sure there's people in these tribes that are like, uh-uh, fuck no. That is not my truth. My face will not be mutilated or this. There are. I, there yeah. Are. I think it's like, what is your truth? What is your truth? Growing up. Okay. When you look at Colombia, the most vain culture. One of them. Not the most. It's one of the most. It's probably
0: brings it up there. It's pretty.
1: It, it's <laughs> up there. I mean, like classic. Are y'all Colombian? Go, yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm like, how and, do you know? I didn't know
1: that. Yeah. I mean, from, I think I was like 13 when I started being told that I needed to have my boobs done. Oh, and
2: I'm and everyone's they, told that. Get your I boobs mean, done.
1: like, you know, your husband yeah. won't love you if you don't, don't get look certain way. And yeah. then I remember like saying, we can go soon in a few years when you're like 16 and get them done. And I remember being a like, lot of that's, that's like, that's not my truth. Yeah. <laughs> and then it kept going and going and going. And And I, you know, it started raising questions in my mind where, I mean, Maddie, just like you, I feel like the self-love, like I always hung on to that in my heart. I always Mm. knew like that was, I'm going to hold on to my truth more than y'all, but it does get to, does get to you. And I remember it would get to me at certain points where I was like, do I need to have bigger boobs? Like, (laughs) will my husband not like not love me? Well, which is fucking crazy, but will my, you know, you just start questioning, like, does it lower my worth as a woman? Just all these things until you get silent, you separate yourself and you're like, what the hell? No. Like just no. It's, it's almost like sometimes it might even help to get a little bit angry of like, you tried to steal my truth from me and I'm not going to let that happen.
2: So first of all, small boobs are amazing. So are medium boobs. They're all amazing. Um, but this what you're talking about. And I'm so excited to just lay this all out because this is what conditioning does. And this is what the psyop that is religion does. It takes your inner truth and your inner source of love, and it replaces it with bullshit human constructs that are false. 100%. And so you go throughout your whole life, life where instead of dialing to the truth frequency you're dialed to like who knows what whatever whatever you whatever got attached to your to your belief system that's what you dial into that's your version of the truth and that's why we have so much discord between human beings is because it's like no my, my truth is better no my truth is better but it's literally all just false it's all illusion and if we were to really really know ourselves and know who we are and be dialed into that truth and and the tr- and and part of that truth is truly that at our core we are love and that's it we are the most powerful energy in the universe we would never fight with one another we would never you know try to tell another person who they are what they are what they should look like what they should do never never
1: you know what I want to add to that is, if we are love, then they are love too. People who are are you know that's what I'm saying trying to alter us. So to not what I would invite everyone to do, and this has really helped me on my own journey, is to not personalize anything and not take anything. Yeah, like not take anything so personally. Knowing that when I would get these comments about my body or about my boobs, to kind of sit there and be like, okay. That's your journey. So you just prefer bigger boobs and skinnier bodies. You, that's what, that's your journey. That is, I, I see that for, coming from you, from a place of your own wounding and not because my body is imperfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So really seeing as like everything that people say or, or what society or whoever, seeing it as that, that is something that they are dealing with and not internalizing that and almost being like a mirror where they, those words can reflect back to them.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. And most of the time, the, what's going on is that, you know, everybody's just projecting their own traumas onto other people, their own, you know, limiting beliefs onto other people. And, and that's, that's, that's actually where they need to do the healing work. Although we can't do healing work for other people, we can only do it for ourselves. And so basically, you know, that's where that's where things like boundaries come into play. And And when you people don't understand that, like, when you assert a boundary, it's for you, but it's also for the other person. And it's a really powerful learning experience when you assert a boundary and you tell someone like, hey, you know, like, for example, with my mom, I've said, you know, hey, like, I don't really do the gossip thing anymore. And I also really don't appreciate you, you pinching my butt and telling me it's fat and like things like that. Like, I'm not, that's really not okay with me. And what has, what has happened in turn is that, you know, she, she gossips less, at least with me. And to me, that's a win. You know what I mean? So maybe she does it more. Maybe she still does it with other people, but not with me. And so if that's, you know, this little dose of medicine that I can give by asserting my boundary, then then so be it. Like, uh, that that's a beautiful thing. But most of the time, we are, we're so disempowered um, in our life. We don't want to make other people uncomfortable, so we don't assert our boundaries. And it's not until our boundaries are overstepped and overstepped and overstepped that we fucking freak out. And that's never fun. We've all been through that where it's not fun for anybody involved when you're just like, oh my God, like I'm going to lose my mind if my boundary is overstepped just one more time. But again, it all comes back to self-knowledge, really just understanding who you are, get to know yourself, who you don't occupy your mind with anyone else and anyone else's projections of what you are supposed to be or what the world is actually like. You focus on you and really get to know your patterns so that you can be in the present moment and notice them as they're happening and course correct. Because if you don't, you just repeat and then you repeat it again and then you repeat it again. And so that's why we see people over and over and over again just repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again because they're not listening, they're not paying attention, and so the universe is like, okay, let's try this again. Are you gonna get it this time? Nope. Okay, well I got, I, I'll be here all week, you know. And that's their whole life. And then we, those are the people that we see. They're the same in ten years and twenty years and thirty years, and that's it. And then every time they see you, they're like, oh my god, you're so magical. Like what? And they like want more of it, and they're like, they want it, and then the. the because they just don't get it. And and it's unfortunate. And I don't mean that to to sound like in a gossipy way because everyone's on their own journey, their own path. In fact, I highly recommend that everyone, as you said, uh, Valentina, disconnect from other people and their journey. They're on their own journey. You are not responsible for their soul. You are only responsible for your soul. So stay in your lane. I guess that's what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) That's yes. a it's a solid lane to stay in I mean, it makes sense that you know boundaries and staying in that lane would I mean that's directly related to self-love.
2: Absolutely. Because if it's you can't a little like visual your lane with your boundaries, <laughs> stay there. Your little car is actually just a heart, like beep, 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 beep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amen. Yes to this.
2: Yes. Well, to you know, this. when you
0: when you give people boundaries. It gives them an opportunity to rise up to meet you there. Absolutely. Um, if they're willing to take the invitation. Uh, but then it can at, really at that be point,
2: for everybody involved.
0: Yeah, if they're willing to receive the invitation. And if you like challenge yourself to communicate the boundary directly, because it can be uncomfortable AF. Is that a puppy? Oh, you're kitty. <laughs> <laughs> we love cats around here.
2: She just hopped up. I had to make her say hello. Yeah, again.
0: she was cute. So yeah, I,
2: I would love to just like break it down for all the listeners. Like, what is self-love? Because it's like, it's this thing. And the number one Google search this uh, actually in 2020 was literally, how do I learn to love myself? Um, and so let's talk about it. Let's talk about like, what is self-love? And how do I learn to love myself? So the way that I love to really define self-love is first by defining love. Okay. So we all know that love is a feeling that we experience and we love it. We all love to experience love and we want to experience love. And sometimes we're so upset when we don't or when we lose it and what you don't what we what you don't usually realize is that in order to experience love you have to take action so love is a feeling but love is also an action and the more you take action the more you experience feelings of love and so when you think of self love this is where we come back into the present moment and where which is where our free will is your free will is only in the present moment if you're not in the present moment you're on autopilot Don't even think for a second that it's any other way. You're on autopilot. You're doing things that you've been conditioned to do. So when you are embodying self-love, when you're really taking self-loving actions, it's when you are using your free will in a self-loving way. So that means that you take inspired actions towards doing nice things for yourself. You treat yourself well. You give yourself grace when you make a mistake. You really uh, work on yourself. You get to know yourself you are constantly, you know, understanding that you're a work in progress, you're working on noticing patterns. And that is that is the action. And that's why whenever you are really working on cultivating self love, it's important to begin with some kind of self love ritual. And usually, you know, I have women start with building a self love altar, you build a beautiful altar, that's all your, you know, beautiful with your favorite things and a photo of yourself. And you become in devotion to taking actions towards taking care of yourself. These can be so simple. Things like setting up your coffee maker the night before. Or, you know, like, like you know, if you love warm blankets, like throw them in the, in the dryer for 10 minutes before you get in bed. Like all these little things, like know what you love and like do it for yourself. If you would do it for another person that you love, you need to practice doing it for yourself as well. And so self-love really just begins to be this energetic coat of armor that you wear. You're wearing it all the time and you know that you're taking care of your future self. It's a practice. It's literally something that you do constantly. Just as like if you're in a relationship with another person and they want you to make them, you know, you you make the dinner or you make the coffee, like what are those little actions that you need to do to cultivate that relationship with yourself? And so, you know, and, and a, a, I mentioned the self love altar, but another really great way to another good gateway, if you're really just starting out is with self care. So self care is not self love, but it's this gateway into more self love, because if, if you don't really know where to start in loving yourself, just stick with the basics really get with in a solid self-care routine. And then as you do that, you'll start to see, okay, these are like little self-care actions. And then you can start to pull in more self-loving actions into that routine. And you'll just see like the difference in your life. It's monumental. Y'all have any questions? Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Concise and to the point. (laughs) I'm just listening to you like, oh, this is going to be so
1: digestible for our listeners. To hear. Like, I love this so much.
2: Uh, me too. That's why I teach it. It's literally like, I'm just, it's, it's my biggest joy and passion to just really teach people how simple it is and awaken it within, within themselves and empower them. I just, I'm in full devotion to feminine empowerment because at the end of the day, when women are empowered, then we have children that are being raised, empowered and 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 with and and with the energy of love. And that ripples out into our families, our communities, you know, and and obviously to the men as well, um, and to all the people, whether whatever your gender is, it's like it's a ripple effect that's just this beautiful thing. And it starts with empowering the the women or you know, the the feminine divine feminine energy within, just really feeling empowered to soak in that energy of love, make love your sacred chant. And then that vibration is what ripples out into the world. And that's actually how we can raise the vibration of the planet and really raise the consciousness of humanity and do some healing. Otherwise I'm going to dump psychedelics into the water system.
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be right behind you.
2: Watching guard. <laughs> Valentina's going to stir it. <laughs>
1: He's stirring it. Pretty Which mental is, gotta, season three. Like,
0: Wait, real real quick. There was pretty mental season three. Y'all didn't see this one coming, or maybe you did. Um, pretty mental stuff. Um, when you said "Make love your sacred chant," I was just about to be like, "We
1: can't let that one go. We gotta like highlight." what you, oh, you were about like, to tune into literally what I was just about to say. We're I was like, She just dropped a whole bar, and yeah. we just are
0: like, "Make no. love your sacred chant." Just take that in. Zoom well, into that one for us. Tone.
2: We set the tone. We have this power to set the tone, and so love must be the sacred chant. How do
0: we make love our sacred chant? If if this isn't redundant based on everything you just explained to us. <laughs> I feel like you probably just
2: explained this, but if you know With loving I, actions. Okay. And so like I like I mentioned before, it's like, you know, We deal with all of the conditioning from society, but we also deal with what I call weapons of mass distraction. (laughs) And they are social media, um, just whatever. Like I could list off so many things, news, aka fear porn, um, all these different things that are designed to distract us and take us out of the present moment. So like I, what I, like I mentioned before, what happens when you're not in the present moment? You're on autopilot. You're operating from your programming. You're operating from your subconscious. And so when you are in the present moment and you're paying attention, you know, paying uh, with the bank of your attention, what you get is this return where you get to use your free will in a more, loving way or a more self-loving way. You take better actions. You're more empowered. You're more intuitive. You're more in your body. And so life is completely different. It's literally like it's a different reality. And that's the thing that I, that sometimes when you're on this kind of journey, you're on this path, kind of like what you were saying, Valentina, it's like you almost have to isolate yourself because it is like you're living on a different planet. You're living in a total different society than other people. Cause you're like, wow, I'm in my like zone where like I'm in the present and most people don't even know how to be in the present. They're not there. They're somewhere else They're They're in Instagram land or, you know, they're in, they're like in Reddit or they're like binge watching a show. And like, that's not to like say that all of those things are hundred percent evil. You can absolutely do, those things in a conscious way. But if you are not, then you are, you it's an it's an unhealthy pattern that really needs to be addressed. And it needs to be um, it needs to be, you know, you need like a solid plan of attack towards breaking those habits of distractification. Because if you stay distracted and you stay out of the present moment, that's when you wake up one day and you're like 80 and you're like, where did my life go?
1: That's literally and- my biggest fear. i I swear i think about that
2: like every day don't worry valentina to be to let yourself be distracted
1: no to just wake up at like 50 and be like you know i didn't i didn't juice this life Mm. for everything that i wanted to to juice it for like i want to juice the shit out of this life like i really you can do still
2: juice at 50 valentina i know and then when i
1: said that i was like yo this is gonna sound i gonna get for people. some out at you, my, you know, <laughs> practice, like, that's just the age
2: i go to the late every the
1: saturday that i happen to pick 60 70 80 90 100 200 but like that's what keeps me so in the present moment and aware of like you will not steal my truth. You will not steal this present moment from me. You will not steal my ability to co-create this beautiful, miraculous reality that I can make for myself. Mm. And I believe, I mean, I started saying this this year. It's like, yeah, I'm on planet Earth, but I don't feel like I'm in the same dimension as a lot of, a lot of people. <laughs> and not to make myself sound like, you know, oh, I'm just in this other dimension. But like, for real though, I feel like so many people no, are just like, true. there's like a shade over over your eyes of like, where I just sometimes want to like shake people to like you are here like wake up to this uh-huh. to
2: this to you uh-huh. to
1: this you're alive
2: yeah people really um, they think that 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 they're in the dress rehearsal but like in reality you're on stage all at all times and your audience is not other people your audience is the divine so watch what you say watch what you do do
0: it intentionally and do it with love. Mm. Mm. Bam, bam, So bam. many
2: just
1: mic drop, beautiful moments that are just truly feeding my soul right now. This is this is self-love medicine. Like I feel the medicine coming in. It is the this
0: best is, medicine. This is going to make finding teasers real easy for us. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that
0: last one. There's a few other ones. In I there. know. But
2: we have Madi- that.
0: We're always like in we're obviously in interview mode, but if you've been done podcasting long enough, your brain also is like. For Valentina does a lot of the editing, and I do a lot of the picking teasers out. So like, there's also those moments where you're like mid interview, you're like, yes,
2: this is gonna be. This <laughs> <is laughs> makes this makes post production so much easier. You should have a There's, notepad and just write it Write down the timestamp. We should. Happen. There's so many yeah. times that
1: happen in in, I know. in in conversations and even with you today where like, you'll say something and I'll look at the time. I'm like 40 minutes. Okay. forty <laughs> minutes. Like put it in my head. I'm like, got to bring that
2: one out. Paula, are you listening?
1: That's some,
0: some um, behind the scenes for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: start- well, it's, it's beautiful to provide a platform where you, you know, you really care about your audience and you want to have them, you know, See, you don't want you want to hear have them hear the best of of the content, and so you're constantly thinking about that. It shows that you care a lot, and I super appreciate that.
1: Mm. Oh, thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> we asked you this last time, but you know it can vary from day to day, hour to hour, week to week. What does mental health mean for you right now?
2: Right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now. Right now, I would say that mental health means to me is um, it means being unfuckwithable. Like whatever comes in, I'm good. I'm um, be the one chilling when the room's on fire. Like just calm, calmly grabbing some water, <laughs> like you know, or just like I. There's no reason like for for us to constantly be occupied mentally and physically with you know things that are not important and so when you come from this place when you when you really feel like you're un, you have unshakable self-love and you 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 know who you are and you're taking care of your future self and you're living in the present moment and you're course correcting when you see a pattern that you don't want to p- repeat again that is being unfuckwithable. That's being mentally well, being mentally healthy, that right there. And it's it's not like there's no magic pill for it. It is a practice and it is a, a you're constantly a work in progress. Don't believe anybody that's gonna tell you one day you're just gonna be done. It's never gonna happen. Even someone like me, like I work with my clients all the time and they they're they're like, I like I said, like sometimes I'm I'm almost like A little bit like baffled, like they they think that I'm a guru. Like I think you even called me a guru. (laughs) No,
0: no, 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 no. no, no, no. As I was saying that, I was like self love guru, but I'm like ah, she. I I had a feeling she was gonna feel you were gonna feel some kind of way about it, but I'm like,
2: (laughs) I'm a human. I have my bad days too. But you always circle back to self love. You circle back to the tools that you have. Things like breath work things like you know your spiritual practice or whatever it is that brings you joy, whatever that thing is that those self-loving actions that you can take for yourself to really take care of yourself and, and love yourself more, you return to that after after the after the drama, or after the the hiccup happens, that's where you come back to. And that's your that's your um, home base, your an- your your anchor, your grounding cord. And you know that that's there. But first, you have to put it there. That's how you become unfuckwithable.
1: <laughs> All right, Maddie. Next week, part three, unfuckwithable. <laughs>
0: Let's go. We're
2: doing this. I just yeah. love you.
1: You're amazing. I love
2: you too. Thank you for having me. It was just such a joy. Yeah. Thank
1: Thanks you
0: so much connecting for connecting with us. with
2: us. Y'all are so amazing
0: too. <laughs> We've taken over here. We just, you know, these sisters popped out of nowhere and keep taking over your, <laughs> your days with podcasts.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah. All right, Madi. I thank you so much again. We send you all the love in the world. You are so beautiful. So amazing. So just alive and it's contagious. These conversations mm. nourish me.
2: I receive. Thank you. Thank you. And I reflect back. Aww. Thank you. Thank you,
1: thank you. We receive. We mm-hmm. receive.
2: Mm.
1: All right. Yeah. We will see you very very soon. I have no doubt about it.
2: <laughs> well, we talk all the time. So we do. <laughs> we do. All thank right, you love. for having me. You're Mwah. both goddesses. Bye. <laughs>
1: All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in with me and Paula and Maddie on that beautiful conversation all about self love. There were so many mic drop moments that I feel like we could create like 600 teasers based
0: off of. It. <laughs> if y'all follow us on Instagram, you know what we're talking about. You know, you know, it's crazy when she said, make love your sacred chant. Uh, there's this thought that hit me a couple weeks ago that was like, okay. If your life is a prayer, it's just like hit me really hard at night. I was like, if your life is a prayer, what are you praying to in the way that you embody in your daily life? If your life is a prayer, what are you praying to? And that's just what it took me back to when she said, make love your sacred chant. Cause it's the same thing. I started equating it to like. Okay, cleaning my kitchen, like waking up to a clean kitchen, like what does that mean? You know, I've not stuck to it perfectly, but,
1: <laughs> She's but... Like, and then I went to sleep, woke up, and my life was back to normal. <laughs> it was a fleeting thought, left as soon as it came in. <laughs> it was a beautiful thought. Framed didn't put it up. Let's appreciate it for what it was. <laughs>
0: Moving on. What came through for you though, when you had that? That everything that we do is a form of prayer, which is kind of what she was saying, like communion with the divine, it everything. Is.
1: She said in there, oh, another thing she said was just like, you know, this is not the dress rehearsal. This is it. This is like we're on stage and the only audience is the divine. Like, man, I, I, that just resonated so deeply because if we – Oh my God, this is like about to turn into a whole different conversation or a whole nother <laughs> conversation. But just how, if you look at, and I, and I had this thought the other day when I was eating my food and I'm very intentional with like where I shop, where, what I eat, who I'm shopping for, like, what is the energy behind all of this? Who it's a, it's a prayer, the relationship. I, I have a relationship with every single thing in my life for the most part, you know, it's not perfect, but when you tend to that relationship and everything in your life, it's like, it's a prayer. We're speaking directly to the divine. We're speaking directly to mother earth. We're speaking directly to everything when everything has an is every, when everything is intentional and we're aware of everything that we're doing, there is an energy that is infiltrated and in everything that we do and that energy comes right back to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, And it's a North Star to hold on to because, of course, we're not going to do it perfectly. (laughs) Like, you know, there's that ideal of like, I want everything that I do ideally to be intentional and every behavior that I choose to engage in. It's either an act of faith or the opposite,
1: Yeah, and even if we don't act, you know, with an act of faith, even if we do something that steers away from being super intentional, how can we love that too? It can all come back to being. It can all return back to an act of love. It can all be here to wake us up, if we're aware enough. If we're if we just have that seed, that seed planted in us of awareness,
0: of of curiosity,
1: and curiosity. Yeah.
0: All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. This life is sacred. This life is sacred. Los queremos mucho. Los queremos mucho. We love you guys so much. Be kind to yourselves. And remember that every part of you is welcome here. All right. Tune in with us Mondays at 6 a.m. EST.
1: We will Bye. talk to you soon. Bye. Peace. Mwah. Mwah.